Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Sphere and then we talk about it. This is page 100. No, it's not. This is page 655, chapter 100, Shade. I should perhaps explain a few peculiarities of the Fae. At first glance, Felurian's forest glade did not seem particularly odd. In most ways, it resembled an ancient untouched piece of forest. If not for the unfamiliar stars above, I might have suspected I was still in an isolated piece of the Eld. But there were differences. Since I had left my mercenary companions, I had slept perhaps a dozen times. Despite this, the sky above Florian's pavilion remained the deep purpling blue of summer dusk and showed no signs of changing. I had only the roughest guess as to how long I had been in the Fae. More importantly, I had no idea how much time might have been passing in the mortal world. Stories are full of boys who fall asleep in fairy circles only to wake as old men. Young girls wander into the woods and return years later looking no older and claiming only minutes have passed. For all I knew, years could pass each time I slept in Felurian's arms. I could return to find a century had passed or no time at all. I did my best not to think about it. Only a fool worries over what he can't control. The other difference in the Fey realm was much more subtle and difficult to describe. In the Medica, I had spent a fair amount of time around unconscious patients. I mention this to make a point. There is a great difference between being in a room that is empty and being in a room where someone is sleeping. A sleeping person is a presence in a room. They are aware of you, even if it is only a dim, vague awareness. That is what the Fae was like. It was such an odd, intangible thing that I... Ended the page. My name is Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. We're back, baby! That's right. Just like old times, we're clustered around a single microphone on my coffee table. Yes, we've rejected modernity and returned to tradition on this podcast. Has <laughs> <laughs> returned spelled with two Vs. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Remember how we said uh, off the air that we were two online? Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Um, but here we are, uh, just like old times, together again for the first time. But not for the last, inshallah. Mm-hmm. There's a piece of good advice on this page, uh, something that I learned in therapy um, and continue to espouse to this day. And that's, uh, you know, I think of it in a different word than this, but there is no sense in worrying over what you can't control, is what Kvothe says. And boy, does he live it, because he could spend the whole time here freaking out, but he doesn't, because he's understanding that, you know... There's I'm, nothing he can do about it. Exactly, exactly. I think of it as, um, and I tell myself, the only thing I'm in control of is how I feel about something. Mm-hmm. Like you're, or like how something makes you feel. You know, you're not in charge of what happens to you. You're not in charge of what happens to other people, but you are in charge of how you feel about it, uh, which I, th- I take as being kind of in line with what Kvothe is coming out of with here. So, and like one way to think about anxiety, I suppose, is like obsessively thinking about things that you ultimately can't control or change. I was gonna say, I was like, this is like my whole life in a sentence, so <laughs> where saying... I constantly worry about things I can't do anything about. So you said you wouldn't <laughs> be having a good time in Faye right now. Uh, I think I would because it's so separate from the reality I know. And all the sex. Mm, well, I mean, help. yeah, it perks. Um, <laughs> but like, it's it's the reality that I know that that is the worst thing also i feel like the worst case scenario in Faye still isn't like for some reason doesn't feel that bad to me well because that's death by snoo snoo is the worst case scenario in Faye. i don't yeah, think we've but... encountered florian gets scared when quoth wanders off right like there's obviously worse things out there he's about to bumble into the cathay's uh cops 
All right, so there's obviously worth stuff out there, but Quoth has But this is like an ignorance is bliss scenario, right? Like, he doesn't know a lot about Faye. Yeah. Yeah, So, I I feel like me in the same situation, I wouldn't wouldn't, uh, really be all that anxious in Faye. I would, I feel like the real world makes me more anxious. (laughs) Well, at least in Faye, there are rules that can help you navigate the society you live in. Like the rules, you know, don't eat the food is like a rule. The rules in our society aren't always spelled out so clearly. Um, This is the first time that in the narrative, it is acknowledged that, that Faye, the time works differently in Faye and that time doesn't appear to be passing for Quoth, at least in the same way. Like he points out that the sky has always been twilight. It's been twilight the whole time he's been here. Every When he falls asleep and wakes up, it's still twilight. Uh, and then he tells us that he knows that from stories that time must pass differently in Faye because not, not only do people come out uh, at different times subjectively than when they left, but that different people experience that in different ways. Cause one guy comes out and he, he's an old man and someone else comes out and she's the same age, but the world has moved on, uh, which gives Rothfuss a lot of leeway to have quote emerge from this experience, uh, in the way that Rothfuss wants them to having had this experience, but not that much time has passed in the real world. So like, you know, the rest of his plot doesn't get mucked up. We've read this book enough and we remember Bass title. Uh, to, to, we know that time is the same as place in the Fae. And we'll learn that as Quoth starts to take a walk. But we know that Bast as Prince of Twilight is Prince of this location. Um, and that, yeah, time and place are the same in Fae. So do we know where Felorian would land in like the peerage of Twilight? Well, that's what's... Sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I, I just think we don't have enough information to to say with any certainty. Yeah, she doesn't seem all that interested in... I mean, aside from the gossip that she likes, she doesn't seem all that interested in, like, the politics of Faye. Um, she doesn't seem like she's, you know, going to court. Yeah, well, because she talks about there being courts, but, yeah, she's not attending. At least she's not attending right now, which either means... It could mean that she is so powerful that she doesn't feel the need to, that it's kind of beneath her, or she is outcast in some way or or she just like doesn't belong to that hierarchy at all but there's just too much uncertainty i think yeah i think of her as like a force of nature rather than a like political player and i get the sense that other fae think of her that way too certainly given the way she like thinks and behaves i feel like court intrigue would kind of not really be her vibe like she doesn't have the attention span for it yeah exactly all right, very reasonable. And I also, I know some people have said, oh, Bast is Fulurian's son by Quoth. And to that I say, bollocks, because, I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I don't like it. It's bad. It's a bad theory. That ah, I no, it's, ah, it, finally, me, Nick comes around to my way of thinking, which is, I don't like it. I made it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like it for that reason, because... Fulurian doesn't seem all that involved in the courtly intrigue. So what business, like, why would her offspring... First off, there's no indication that she gets pregnant or, you know, has offspring. Um, And even if she did, I don't really see how or why Bast would be born into uh, the the peerage. Also, isn't he called Son of Remen? Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, I know we can have illegitimate sons. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to say that, Jeremy. I, I don't really. You have a son dog. of a bitch. <laughs> I don't really have a dog in this fight. I don't really care one way or another. Uh, I but... feel like the world is bigger uh, because, like, if if Bast is not related to Florian, it makes the world feel bigger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not everything has to be connected to everything, and the more you do that, the less rich and lived in your fictional universe seems. Uh, this is why Star Wars sucks now because everybody just revolves around the freaking Skywalkers. I mean, that's certainly why the last, uh, the Rise of Skywalker sucked so hard is because it, uh, Ryan Johnson in the previous movie gave them an out. It was like it doesn't all have to be about the Skywalkers anymore, and JJ Abrams was like, actually, it does. Book closed. Yeah, I like that. That this podcast kind of secondary objective has become uh, trash. The Star Wars. Look, when you get two Star Wars nerds in a room talking about anything, they're going to find a way to link it back to Star Wars at some point. It's true. Um, I'm really struggling with my Star Wars fandom. Like, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, should I just put Star Wars on a shelf and stop being a fan of Star Wars? Because it hurts me now. It, like, causes me great physical pain to have to engage with Star Wars. I mean, if it's causing you that kind of pain, then maybe you should take a break. But I think my attitude is I refuse to let the bad people who don't like Star Wars in the correct way, which is the way that I like Star Wars, to win. Yeah, but they win. They win because they're in charge of Star Wars now. They've made Star Wars about something different. Something then just like don't watch the other movies. Just watch the original movies. Yeah, but they make it worse. The bad stuff makes the original movies worse. Yeah, but you can't. They can't make it worse if you don't watch it. <sighs> it's true. Anyway, I thought there were some good things in Obi Wan, but I'm still. I see. That's the thing. Is I'm halfway through Obi Wan, and I'm like having to muster up the courage to continue every time. Well, yeah, I would. I was. I here's the thing. There's nothing in the world that obligates you to enjoy any piece of media whatsoever. So if you're feeling like you're only watching a thing out of obligation, you should probably stop. Because that's no fun. And someday, the stars will align, the the ship will right itself, and you will find your way back to it if it's meant to be. And if it's not, then it's not meant to be. That's very sage advice, Jeremy. Thank you. I mean, this is what happens when you're a comic book fan. Because inevitably, <laughs> some writer comes along who you don't like, who makes decisions in the story that you don't agree with, and you just have to, you know, live with that being the case. And uh, sometimes you get lucky, and someone comes along and makes it better, and sometimes you don't. That, and I don't worry about that at all. No, that's, that seems like very good advice for life in general, actually. <laughs> well, it all comes back to, you know, don't worry about things that you don't have any control over. Perfect. Put a bow on it. That's the episode, folks. We came back around. <laughs> this has been Self-Help Talk Through Fandom with uh, Nick, Jordana, and Jeremy. And we'll be back next week with more Sage Life Advice. Yeah, but and before we'll be then, we'll be... <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow with another page. Of the win. We're back, baby. Podcasting is back. It's good again. Podcasting never left. <laughs> oh.